All right. Thank you for joining us again for yet another episode of the League of Wrestling Debates podcast. Uh, with me, as always, my co-host, Bubba Tintel. How are you doing today, sir? I'm just sure the wonderful, Jake. Thank you for asking. How about you? How are you doing? Are you getting better? Yeah. No, I feel, uh, I feel almost all the way better. Uh, I can... how, are, how are the flies treating Dean? Are they, <laughs> do the flies start to gather on the floor? You know, the honestly, start to eat his body, or how's that going? I came down here one day, and he was just gone. So I don't oh, know. All right, well, yeah, he disappeared right. like John Cena at the end of a fiend match. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> not even a glove coming up out of the dirt, huh? Not, not even, even a glove coming, just not there anymore. One day, so you know, I don't know. Rest in peace, Dean. Hey, there you go. If uh, if the police ask you anything, just say it was coronavirus. I. That's it. I got, I got nothing to say. Nothing. Uh, but anyway, so it's been, it's been interesting. Um, I think that uh, maybe Vince can concentrate on wrestling now because the, the league is gone. I know. You um, know and it's, I'm really saddened by this because obvi- obviously the level of you know, players wasn't anywhere near matching the NFL. But I, I love the product they put together. I, I think the rules uh, they put forth were a lot better than a lot of the ones we get from the NFL. Pickoff rule was outstanding. It was outstanding. Kickoff. They need to they need to copy that in the NFL. Yeah. <clears throat> Kickoff rule, the extra point rule, whatever you can get more points. I think that was good too. Um, the kickoff rule, I think they should implement right away. Right. Because it's, yeah. it's going to cut down on injuries. And it's it's okay. It's, yeah, it's and we still we enough. still get the big play. Yep, yep. So um, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, they can't come back from this, can they? I don't. I, they laid off everybody, and it said we have no intentions of bringing it back. And you know what? I had heard that that the revival was appointed like the commissioner of the <laughs> XFL like three days before. So they I were can, fired actually twice. I can see. It. <laughs> but anyway, so they've already changed their names. I forget what their names are, but they're uh, kind of like the Wheeler names. and Dax Hardwood. There you go. That's it. I knew you would know, Jake. I count on you for that. <laughs> <laughs> those those sound like bad porn star names, if I'm going to be honest. But they're but see, they're good technical wrestlers and they talk well. You they know do, what I mean? Yes. They're easy to dislike, but in a good way. Right, yeah. I think they were the best tag team WWE had. I I thought so. You know, there are some people who you just say, oh, just shut up. Just stop talking. And there are some people you say, oh, I don't like what you, you know, you get upset, but you want them to say more. Yes. Like MJF, best heel I've, I've seen in probably 15 years. He is a good heel because you want him to keep talking, but you want him to shut up. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I uh, mean, uh, Rock as a heel is probably the closest. Rock is fun. Last. Rock is, yeah, I could see that. Rock is fun as a heel. I, I don't, I don't like think... him as a heel because I want to root for him. But yeah. yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, like, original, like, Rock. Like, I'm saying, like, I think that was the last person who had what MJF has right now. I don't think there's been anybody between the Rock's initial heel run and MJF who, who has that. The only one I'll throw in there. Jake is Jericho. Jericho's pretty good. Jericho, yeah. 
Yeah, Jericho is a fair, a fair answer. Jericho is pretty good. I love what they're doing with the with the little uh, the the drone things. I love yes. what the AEW is doing with that. I think that's cool. I think it's really cool. I think and they're I, they're thriving in this in this atmosphere I, I, right now. I think so. I, I loved it. I almost peed myself when when Matt Hardy called Jericho the hole of the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I almost. And then when he asked, "Why is he wearing, why is he wearing leather pants in a jacuzzi?" I mean, <laughs> I I love Matt Hardy. I love the character. I think it's hilarious. I really uh, do. do you, I can't I, wait for Jeff to come join him. Do you think the um? Do you think the character is missing something in in AE? Like, uh, in I think in, he needs a minion. He needs a good minion. I think you know? in in both WWE and AEW, to me it it just feels like the the woken broken thing isn't quite clicking like it did in TNA. And I think yeah, in yeah. TNA it's because we had that nat like like he we saw him slowly devolve from you know like normal Matt Hardy into like we we saw him mentally lose it and become this. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, like. Yeah, we've seen him normal out since then, and it's just like, okay, you're going back to this now. Right. Well, the same thing, too. I think they're having a struggle with, uh, with uh, Brody Lee. I'm not buying it myself. I, I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm not in. I'm not in. And I wanted to be in. I really did. I wanted to be in. But yeah. I'm not. I'm not buying it. You know, but, but anyway. So I, I actually read something interesting about okay. the Brody Lee thing. Um, I don't buy it for a second, but I think it's interesting. Um, so I've read people on there saying that he's actually not doing a Vince McMahon character. He's doing a David Miscavige character. The, you know, the chairman or whatever he is of Scientology. And oh, okay. if, if, you know, the thought of like what a cult leader is doing is reminding you of Vince McMahon, that has nothing. But I don't buy that. Um, right, right. I, I think maybe that that could be an aspect of the character. I think he's definitely thrown in a few David Miscavige quotes here and there, but I think he's flat out doing a Vince McMahon character. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. But I, I, I think that. if he was doing a David Miscavige character, like, and if he actually spun this off into like a. Um, an offshoot of Scientology or a parody of Scientology. I think they could have something with this, but yeah, let, like let's get beyond the Vince McMahonisms. Yeah, I, I, you know, the whole thing with the whole thing with us sitting in the classroom and he's trying to teach them, and one guy like yawns. Yeah, it just doesn't. It, it, it's almost like he should have somebody with a mask on, one of those stupid masks, and and you know have them smack him rather than. Luke Harper, Brody Lee, whatever it is, rather than have him do the the physical stuff, rather have somebody else do the physical stuff, like a really head minion kind of guy. You know I, what I, mean? I still think they're losing a whole lot by not having Cody be the, the exalted one. I think that's where the money is. See, do you think, but do you think it's too early to turn Cody? I mean, they still have to build the, the brand, don't they? 
I mean, they do, but Cody's also kind of positioned himself to not be the focal of, you know, of the, I mean, he is, but like, he's gone out of his way to make it so that like, I can't win the world championship. Okay. Great. But like, like how, I guess, how can he be the central protagonist and how can he be the focal point of the show when he can't obtain like the highest prize? Good point. Um, Good point. Yeah, that's why I want to see him as the you know as the exalted one. I want to I want to see him find a way to to and and I think that would be the ultimate heel move. Like you set a very noble goal for yourself. Now something happened where you've been handcuffed by what you tried to do. The ultimate heel move, I think, is to try to circumvent like what you set up for yourself. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Uh... Maybe they could do. You remember back in the W. This is this was kind of cheesy, but same idea. Remember when they did uh, with the John Cena couldn't wrestle, so he came out as Juan Cena. Yeah. Okay, so maybe Cody can't fight for the belt, but he creates uh, an alter ego, not Stardust. Please don't do that. Yeah. No, that's but, what I'm thinking exactly. Like a, like he's he's the masked exalted one wins the title under the mask as the exalted one. Right, 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 right. I could see that. I could I go with that. I um, go with that. And I mean, I don't even I don't even think it's too late to I mean to your point there there'd probably be a good um you know, there there'd be good reason to not pull the trigger on that. Now, and you know what? I mean just because Brody Lee's been, um, you know, introduced as the the exalted one, that's just a title. You know, I, I think we could easily say that we don't know the internal hierarchy of the Dark Order. Uh, oh, you the, know, yeah. the exalted one may just be middle management. Well, that's true. There could be a super exalted one. Or, I, you know. Yeah. Well, however, yeah, 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 I see that. I see that. I think that would be... Uh, I think that would be the way to go. The thing is that, and who am I? But I, I don't know that they're using Kenny Omega right either. They are not using Kenny Omega right at all. Um, I, I I thought he was going to come in and beat a beat a excuse my language beat a shit. I thought he was going to just rip it up. You yeah, know what I mean, um, and I understand with bringing Moxley in, maybe there was a condition I have to carry the strap. I, I don't know that, but I know that the way they're using Kenny Omega, first of all, the match with Trent was really good. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it, but it was an excellent match. That Trent guy, he's a good worker, that kid. Yeah, I, I enjoy him. I really do. Did you like Kenny him in the WWE? Thing with that, with that uh, the guy who took his underwear off. I, I don't know if you saw that. No. That was a guy, the guy actually took his underwear off in the ring, and he made a cobra. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, Michael Nakazawa? That's the guy. Yeah. He took his drawers off and made a made a, a cobra out of it. That was kind of funny. I have to admit, that was kind of funny. But You know, to, to your point, I was watching that match, and I, I thought the same exact thing. I, I was watching that. I was remembering Kenny Omega in New Japan, and I just couldn't help think, He's not special anymore. Yeah, how the mighty have fallen. Yep. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's in as good shape as he was in there either. He's got the whole mighty talk, but he's got a little bit of, uh, you know, love handles, we'll say. Yeah, um, I mean, he's still got the muscular base, but yeah, he's, he's added on a little bit of padding. A little too. bit of padding. 
But you know what? It'll come back. After yeah. all this is over, you know, they'll have like a, almost a re a rebrand. And we'll see we'll see some stuff. That's what I think anyway. You know, I think I think and and kind of going back to this, I think it's been to the detriment of AEW. Um, you know, there's there's four executive vice presidents of, of AEW, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and and Kenny Omega. And I think they they actually played the storyline with Cody where he can't win the world title. But I think between the four of them, that's kind of how they're thinking right now. Like, you know, I mean, common sense would have said Kenny Omega would have come out the gate as the AEW champion and the Young Bucks would have come out the gate as the tag team champions. But I think they're trying not to push themselves and it's admirable, but it's the wrong move. I, I think that's, I think you're right on that. I think you're right on that. I think, you know, if they had, especially Cody, if they had Cody come out of the door with the belt, it would have been, well, it's Cody's league. That's it. Cody's yeah. in control. You know, it's Cody's league. But, you know, the fact that they pushed themselves off, I don't know that I would have done with I can't win the belt ever. Maybe I can't win the belt for eight months or for whatever. A for year. a year or, yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. But the only way they can dig themselves out of that is either they have another match where the stipulation's on the line, right? Cody has to retire if he loses and if he wins he gets to fight for the belt again at some future date they could play it that way or they could re, re rename the belt like they made a lower one tnt belt maybe they make a higher one i don't know i there just has to be a way where cody can get the belt at some point down the road you know what i think the the way to do that is um i think the only way you can get around that stipulation is MJF has to be the champion. Hmm. And I think what you said, the, the, you know, the retirement, you know, thing like MJF has to be the one to list it. And I, I, you know, I mean, we've had a few Cody versus MJF matches and MJF's won them all. Um, and I think that needs to be a continuing trend. Have them meet periodically throughout the year. Like, I think they need to establish that as a long-running rivalry. And MJF always comes out on top. He's always the victor. He's always – Cody's a thorn in his side, but, but MJF always comes out on top. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Get to the point where MJF wins that world title and he's tired of Cody. And he says, you know what, Cody? I want you gone, you know, completely once and for all. One more match, you can even have a shot at the title. I'll lift, you know, because he should have the power to do that because he's the reason Cody can't have it. Um, right. You know, I, I'll lift that, uh, you know, that stipulation. You can come fight me for it. If I win, when I win, you're gone forever. And then we can give it to Cody can finally get over the hump, finally beating MJF, finally capping that rivalry. And it means something now. Um, I think that's the only way they could really do it at this point. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good plan. That's a good plan, and that brings. Well, that pay per view would be a good seller right there. That would be uh, a good seller. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think that's that's. I think that's a good plan. Either it's a retirement match, basically. You know. 
speaking of pay-per-views, not to jump too much, but we are, uh, as of today, well, the recording day today, we are one week from, uh, one week out from night one of WrestleMania. Uh, what did you think of the big show? Well, I, I loved, loved the, the Undertaker and AJ. Yes. I, I thought that was shot well. I thought that was really, really well done. On the flip side, the Cena and the Fiend thing, I understand what they were trying to do. You know, flip it so that it's seen as, it's seen as past characters that are on display and not the Fiend. I get that. I get what they were trying to do. I just don't think it was, it was uh, uh, aesthetically uh, fun. I don't think it was done well. That's my opinion. Okay. Now, the, as far as the regular matches go, the Edge Orton match was really good. I enjoyed that. I thought that was very good. Um, the the ladies match, the five ladies, not so much. You kind of knew what was going to go on there. Yeah. That wasn't a shock. Um, overall, if I had to grade it under the circumstances, I would give it a strong C plus. Okay. You know, I, 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 I can I can agree to an extent where you're coming from. I think you made good points with it. I did think differently of the the Cena Fiend match. Um, I loved the Cena Fiend match. I thought it was honestly. I think it was my favorite of the entire weekend. Okay. Um, but I I can definitely see where you're coming from on there because there is an expectation that was set. Mm-hmm. Of what this match would be, and then there was an expectation set from set with the Boneyard match, of like, oh yeah, the the Firefly Funhouse match is going to be like this, and I'm glad it wasn't. Um, we didn't get a match at all. No. John Cena versus the Fiend was not a match. Um, it was a character study of of John Cena. Honestly, I think I'm amazed that match made it on the air because that was so overly critical of Vince McMahon. I don't know if he just didn't get it or if he's just that good of a sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the, it, yeah. yeah, the entire match was shitting on Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just like from the beginning where the, the you know, boss puppet, you know. Right, um, right. Came out, like, I think, I think it was a really good, you know, character study on how, Vince McMahon said he wanted a new Steve Austin, but what he really wanted was a new Hulk Hogan. Um, yes. And, and John Cena became that Hulk Hogan. And I, I think we saw a John Cena heel turn in that match. Yeah, I think you could be right on that. I think um, you could be right. The next time we see him could be different. I mean, if we see him, that could easily yeah. have been his retirement. Well, now we're going to see him. We're going to see him next year because, you know, Fast and the Furious is coming out. <laughs> that's right seven fast furious seven yeah i think yeah i think it's supposed to come out ironically in april of tonight of 2021 it was supposed to come out in april of 2020 but we know what happened with that yes so i still think that and and let's not forget where the next wrestlemania is yep hollywood hollywood so so you may have a Cena play there, I think. But anyway. I think I think it'd be yeah, I think that'd be good. Cena um, versus Vin Diesel. I'm in. Let's do it. 
<laughs> let's have a match like let's have it thrice in a lifetime all right rock versus john cena in a ladder match dangling from the ceiling is a contract and whoever wins gets the rights to the fast and furious series <laughs> that's funny and on the bottom is vin diesel just saying with family with family <laughs> with family oh that's funny that's funny you know what? Let's bring in Vince Russo to book it. It'll be Judy Bagwell hanging from the ceiling holding the, the contract. <laughs> oh my God, that would be funny. That would be funny. Actually, uh, you know, maybe this is a good caveat to our uh, WrestleMania 37 predictions. Yes. So one thing Bubba and I uh, talked about and we decided we were going to do for this episode is. Uh, we put together uh, some matches we'd like to see for WrestleMania 37. We put together a card. Uh, do you want to go through yours first? I, I will. I, I will. I'll go through all of them. We don't need to talk. A couple of them I wanted to talk about, but okay, we'll go. We'll, I'll, I'll just run down my list, and it is extensive. I will say that. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. All right, Braun still got the belt, and he meets Keith Lee. Okay. Samoa Joe fights Walter. The Prophets, they fight Strong and Fish from the uh, Adam Cole people. Yeah, from uh, Undisputed Era. There you go. The Fiend and Cena, part two. This time it really is a funhouse match. Lynch versus Baszler again. Okay. I want to see that again, but I want to see a different outcome. Gotcha. Uh, Ripley versus Oksana. Flair versus Belair. I think that's a money match. That yeah, match is so money. You don't go here. They could do that whole you don't go here thing. Bailey versus Banks. That's coming. I don't know whether it'll last until WrestleMania, but we know that one's coming. Here's, here's a one that I thought about a little bit, and I think it would take some writing, some of your talent there. How about McIntyre versus Kevin Owen? McIntyre okay. versus KO? All right. Yep. Let's do a Rollins versus Reigns, like a, like a, you know, I hate you. I've always hated you. You're, you know, you've never been nothing without a regime. You stink. And, you know, Reigns Rollins. Here's the match that I, I would, out of all of them, this is the match I want the most. Okay? Yeah. Eminem versus Rated RKO. So we're bringing back uh, Joey Mercury? No, no, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Morrison and The Miz. Oh, okay. Morrison and The Miz versus Rated RKO. That would actually be a great match. I, I, I think that would be good. I, Adam Cole versus Nakamura. Here's Zayn versus Daniel Bryan in a submission match. Cesaro versus Dexter Loomis. I you love it. I was going to forget him, didn't you? No. I love it. Storm versus Nia Jack. Had to get Storm in there. The Usos versus New Day just because. Okay, here's a couple of crazy ones. Cain Velasquez versus Lesnar. Okay. Tyson Fury versus The Big Show. That would, that would, be, that would be a good one. Bliss versus Cross in the whole... Uh, the whole uh, uh, Mickey James thing, you know, the whole 
I wanted to be you, you know, you never let me be you, da da da, the whole thing. And here's a, here's one you're gonna like. How about Andrade versus Garza? And Garza's got Selena Vega. Okay. There you go. That's my rundown. So I'm I'm guessing we're split, um, and and I hope so, and I hope this is a continuing thing because I love the idea. I'm, we're we're keeping WrestleMania Night One and WrestleMania Night Two. I'd like to do that. I think that's a good idea. So, uh, what's going to main event Night One? What's going to main event Night Two for you? Okay, for me, notice the Undertaker was not on there. The Undertaker was not on there. So I'm I'm hoping that they do the the Hall of Fame. And it's it's him and whoever else they need, but he's the main guy, and that's 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 it. That's that's done. I'm hoping because I watched the, the there's a documentary floating around now, and this guy is killing himself to do this stuff. He's just literally killing himself. Yeah, I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to be rooting for somebody, even though I, I'm a libertarian. It's his choice. I get that. Yeah, but I, I don't want to be part of it anymore. So that's my thing. All right. So the main event at you, well, we're going to split up the Velasquez and the Tyson Fury matches. That's night one, night two. Okay, naturally. We're, we're going to switch that up. Are they? Uh, are those going to be the main events? No. Okay. No, good. That, no. I, I as much as I as much as tag team matches don't get main event. I think if you play it right, the Eminem versus R rated RKO could be a main event. If you played it right, I think that could be really good because I, I, that's my favorite match. That's why um, I would probably put Braun, Braun versus Keith Lee. Now there's got to be a build, big buildup for Keith Lee, got to be. Yeah. But he he moves very well for a big guy. I'm sure you've seen him. Yo, yeah, yeah, um, I love Keith Lee. So I think I think him against Braun might not be a bad match. No. And I brought Walter in because I, I want to see that whole. Uh, fa- faction that he has. Uh, what is it called? Re- Requiem. Uh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. Uh, Alexander Wolf is part of it. A couple of other guys. But anyway, um, Requiem, something like that. Anyway, I'd like to see Walter come over and do some things. And against, I think against Joe. Joe is big, but he can. I think he can carry a match if he needs to. You know, his skill set, I think, enables him that if Walter has problems, <clears throat> Joe can make him look good. That's yeah. what I think. Right. I, I love Walter. I think the dude is – I think he's absolute money. Uh, I think he's a rare combination of size and skill. Uh, and I think there's a lot of money matches in his future with guys like Samoa Joe, uh, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. One-on-one with any of those could sell a pay-per-view for me. I think you're right. I think you're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I, I like Joe being the guy for him because, you know, obviously I think the the top matches for him are going to be – are going to be Drew and Brock. Um, yeah. 
but I think Joe versus Walter is in that league. And I don't, we don't want to go right to, to Walter versus Brock because then Walter versus Joe isn't special, but Walter versus Joe feels special. That can be a WrestleMania and we can build up and save those other matches for later. I think that's brilliant booking. Yeah. I think, yeah, I like that one. I like that one. Um, I, I, I've seen enough of Walter where, you know, obviously Walter, in this match, Walter wins, maybe would help by the Imperium. Something That's like that. what they are, Imperium, yes. Yeah. Um, Walter wins, but with some help from, from Imperium. I think that, you know, you have to do that. Can't be a straight win, I don't think. Um, maybe just a little distraction, Joe's distracted, something. Yeah, I, I wouldn't um, want to, I wouldn't want to taint it too much. Not too much. No, you're right. You're right. And Joe's got to have some good, you know, maybe Walter escapes the, the coquina clutch or whatever it's called. Yeah. Um, you know, to build him up, you know, maybe he powers out or something, you know, to build it up, you know? Yeah. I um, like it. Profits. I love the profits. I love the Montez Ford. Love him. And now he's going to have his wife there as a mouthpiece too. I mean, that's just, I think that's money. You yeah. can even go, you can even go profits versus Garza and Andrade with Selena. You could do that. You could, you know? yes. Um, they had a match them two and they made it first. It was first. It was two against two. Then it was two against one. Then it was all three of them against all three of them. I don't know if you saw that on Raw, but yeah. it, was, uh, it was interesting. But I think that Belair is is the next big thing, female-wise, my opinion. Because she talks a good talk. She does. And she has in-ring skill. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't like If you would have asked me this a month ago, I would have said, I don't like that lady. Don't like her. Oh, I do now. I don't I know really why, but something changed i i I love bianca belair probably not quite to the level you love tony storm but (laughs) but a few notches down from that i i love that woman well she she you know the the hair twiddling she's got attitude she's got she's got what it what needs and that whole you don't go here thing that's that's good yeah that's more that's good you know she could do that that with with Charlotte for a minute. Oh, you go. Oh, yeah, you go there now, and I go here. What'd you do? Run from me? Something like that, you know? Yeah. I just think that's a that's a match that's built for the next WrestleMania. Blair, Blair. It even rhymes. You know, <laughs> it's a. It's, yeah, I think that's a good one. I now, one thing I wanted to ask. Um, so you left the Universal Title on Braun Strowman for his match with Keith Lee. I did. Okay. I did. So is is the WWE title still on Drew McIntyre for his match against KO? He is. Okay. Now, I do have a storyline, though. Let's I, hear it. I only have one, but I do have a storyline. Let, let's, let's, let's hear it. Okay, so, and they'd have to do this. They'd have to begin this soon. Okay, so here's my storyline. What have you had Sami Zayn come out? And Sami Zayn say something like this. I'm not good with the whole speech, but something like this. Strowman, you mean to tell me 
that you lost a mid-level strap to me and got yourself a title match? How is that possible? You couldn't even beat Cesaro. You couldn't even beat the other schmuck I got with me, whose <laughs> name I can't remember now. Nakamura. Uh, Nakamura. You can't beat me. How'd you get the belt? Then you can have a whole series of matches with Cesaro getting maybe a play, a couple of belt shots to last it out, maybe through SummerSlam. But I think they could – Zayn's got a mouth on him, that one. Yeah. He's got a mouth on him. So – and he's annoying. He's annoying. He's, he's almost to where – remember I said before, just shut up and go away. He's almost to that level, but not quite, where you want to hear more. Right. I want to hear Sami Zayn act stupid. I want, but the thing with him that upsets me is the guy's got a lot of in-ring talent. He really does. So much, but yeah. But he's comical now. So they're going to have to do something maybe later on down the road to reverse that. But anyway, so Zayn comes out pitching a fit about how Strowman got a title shot. And, you know, you couldn't even beat me and that, 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 that. And you may have a maybe have a match with Cesaro, maybe have a match with Nakamura, you, you know, whatever you want to do, even though Strowman and Nakamura have already done the dance. But now it's for the bigger title, you know. But at some point, you have Zane say something that ticks off Keith Lee. I don't know what it is. You couldn't even beat this NXT guy, you know, however it works out. And then Keith Lee gets in it, but from Strowman's end. So he's fighting Zayn, Nakamura, Cesaro, whatever, however you want to play that. And then finally it plays out where Keith Lee says, you know what, I'm done with you guys. I want this guy. And you somehow you play... Strowman and Keith Lee. Strowman doesn't like kicks, maybe from the outback or whatever. Not the outback, uh, wherever that, where he's from, North Carolina. Uh, Strowman. Uh, or you have something where they just don't like each other. You know, maybe you have something filmed that's supposed to be from a go, but it's not. Maybe Keith Lee made fun of Braun Strowman when he's coming out with Adam Rose. You know, however you want to play that, you know, you bring that back. Look, Strowman, you weren't always this tough. Look, look when you were dancing behind this guy, the lollipop guy, something like that. You know, something to tick off Strowman. Anyway, that's just like I said, I'm not, I'm not really good with the booking. But yeah, no, no, I think you got some good stuff there. Um, I think I like Keith Lee coming up from NXT and. Uh, and kind of being bronze ally to start with. Um, I think a good way to go with it is the, uh, the classic, you know, uh, we're in a tag match together, but you know, guy a goes for a move on guy B, but guy B moves and he accidentally hits his partner kind of thing. Right. Right. Um, it, it's, you know, that kind of booking has been, nonsensical when most of the times it's used but if you have two guys you know set up who are not a team who are just kind of you know bound together by circumstance and one has something the other wants 
you know, Keith Lee could easily turn Braun Strowman accidentally hit me into like, hey, this is a title opportunity for me. Right. Um, and kind of go that way. I, I like it, though. I think there's um, – I actually did a lot of similar things, too, with, with bringing up NXT talent. Um, but I, I like that you're throwing Keith Lee for the universal title. It makes NXT look good. It makes them look, you know, A-League. Right, right, right. And, and the same thing The same thing would, would give it putting the, the NXT female belt on Flair. They did that. They raised the level of NXT, I think. You know, and I think that's going to be their goal. Whenever this go, when we go back to normal, I think the idea, I think the idea is going to be to raise the level of NXT. Because right now, NXT is still 1B. You right. Know, Raw and SmackDown are 1A, and NXT is 1B. That's the way it is. I think it is. Yeah. But I think you put the belt on Flair, and you put the belt on somebody, or you bring up the belt, have it defended on Raw or SmackDown. Have an invasion. Whatever you want to do. You know, because Triple H brings credibility to an invasion. He does, you know yeah. I mean? So if you want to do that invasion thing again, I don't know, maybe that's played out. But something that will bring up the NXT grade. And then you have to somehow play in the UK people. Because there's some talent over there, too, that, that you know, needs to come. We mentioned Walter. Yeah, I mentioned every day until I die, Tony Storm. Um, <laughs> um, you know, there, there, and there's others. Everyone in the Emporium, um, Imperium, Emporium was a supermarket when I was a kid. Um, and, uh, everybody in that group can fight. They can wrestle. Walter against Adam Cole. How about that? The factions against the fact. I don't know. But there's, there's got to be a way you got to, you can't do it so it's diluted. But you have to slowly bring bring in, like if you're making a good a good gravy, a good spaghetti gravy, you don't put in all the ingredients at once. You put the oregano in and you stir it and you let it simmer. Then you put this in and you, you the whole thing. It's like making the gravy. Some people call it sauce. I was born in New Jersey. It's gravy. <laughs> anyway, anyway so you know, so you stir things in slowly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of comes to a simmer altogether. I think I think there's a lot of talent. Like, for example, Cassius Ono went over to the UK basically to be a trainer, and they had nothing else for him to do. Right. But he went over there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Prince, Bauer. He went over there. Now, he's from kind of over there, too. But he went over there training. What they do, Tyler Breeze, he went down NXT. Why? They didn't have a storyline for him because Fandango got really hurt. So now he's down there training. They had Fandango come in and wrestle a couple of times. He hurt himself again. Kid Did can't he? Stay. The kid can't stay healthy. Oh, my and God. I like Fandango. I think that whole Fandango thing, I had a chance to meet him uh, when, it, when it was still FCW, just before – the whole first NXT invasion. And he won this tournament where, you know, uh, whoever won the tournament got a title shot, which, by the way, he still has not gotten. Just saying. <laughs> um, but he was Johnny Curtis. He was a couple of other people. Now Fandango. That one worked. 
Um, no, it's it's funny you brought him up because when we get to mine, I have. Uh, you, you know what? Yeah, it, it'll it'll go come for it. up. It'll come yeah, up. Yeah, go for yours. Go for yours. All right. So the the I had a lot of trouble booking this because I had a lot of ideas that I wanted to do, and I just I just started to feel like some of them started to overshadow others, you know, and I, I realized I got to the point where I had to stagger these. We can't do everything I wanted to do in one WrestleMania. Um, one, one thing that I wanted to do that I decided not, uh, not because it, it would just, it would take up the entirety of everything is I wanted to combine every world title into one title, one champion for the WWE brand who travels to every show. Um, if I'm booking things, that's ultimately where, where things would lead, uh, because I think having that one champion is far more prestigious than having four. Um, and, and I think it does something that WWE can't do right now and has not done in forever. And that's preserve matchups. Mm. Um, and I, I think that kind of makes booking a WrestleMania tough because, you know, I, it, it sounds like you were doing the exact same thing. Cause I think you aced, you know, this, uh, you know, this mindset is putting together matches we've never seen before. Right. Um, yep. and, and I think having one champion does that at least for your marquee matches. Um, <clears throat> so that was the one, that was the one thing I really wanted to do, but I, I shelved what I decided to do. And this is, I'm going to say it. And it's going to sound like an absolutely terrible idea, but you have to you have to let me develop it for you. All right. So the the number one match, the marquee match, uh, sitting over the entire thing right now, is going to be the Undertaker versus Sting. Oh, right. Oh, you got to sell me on that one. I'm gonna sell you. I'm gonna try and sell you on this one. All right. So are they are they fighting for like Medicare rights? <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. All right. So the way this story is gonna go, I am 100 percent with you that the Undertaker needs to hang it up. Um I really not because I don't enjoy him. Right. I do. He's my all-time favorite. Yeah. yeah agreed. Yeah. No, just just uh, like solely just out of like father time is winning. It's time to tap out. Yep. Um so I'm going to take this year and I'm going to tell him, look, I know you, I know you want to keep doing this. You can have this year, right? We're going to protect you for the year. We're going to put you against opponents who can make you look good. And against, you know, like we're going to tell a story here. So the undertaker, especially with this documentary that's coming out, he's, he's going into this last year knowing that this is it for him. And and we're going to kind of lean back on that promo against AJ Styles about how, like, you know, we're going to have him really lean into that American badass character who is just not a fan of the young generation, right? He's that, he's that cranky old crotchety get off my lawn grandpa. Yep. Um, and over, over the next year, he's going to go out and he is just going to start dismantling the, the, the young guys. Um, he'll, he can start with EC3. He can move on to, um, you know, he can move on to some of the lower level NXT guys. We don't want him necessarily, 
you know, uh, you know, burying like Adam Cole or, um, you know, anything, but like we can, we can put him in a match against Tommaso Ciampa and have Tommaso Ciampa put up a really good showing, but, but the undertaker takes him and he starts, you know, going through, um, you know, mowing through the young guys and, and that's where we cut to sting, you know, sting comes out, uh, probably after SummerSlam, before the Royal Rumble, sometime where it's not quite the road to WrestleMania. We want to sow the seeds for this. I don't think we want to. We don't want to get the match booked. But um, you know, I, I want to tell the story that basically Sting comes out and tells the Undertaker, "Listen, you got to let it go. Like I know it's tough. I've been there. You know, I walked away. I let it go." It's time for you to do that. I'm here for you if you need anything. Undertaker keeps coaxing him out. You know, Undertaker keeps wanting to uh, to to get him to come out, and um, <clears throat> he's he's beating on the young guys. Um, you know, as Sting was in TNA. He made a lot of friends with some of the younger guys. Have him really focus on on just beating the shit out of these younger guys who who you know Sting may have worked with. And, yeah. and develops friendships with we can even you know uh make up their friendships as, as maybe there's archive video of sting training somebody when they were younger that we right. could take out you know anyway yeah so so sting finally gets to the point where he's like what do you want and he tells him i want a match with sting at wrestlemania and uh you know sting's like fine you can have it, you know, and Undertaker's like, I can't wait to kick your ass. And he's like, you're not kicking my ass. I'm not Sting anymore. I'm Steve Borden. We have a Sting in the audience. Like a new, a new Sting, a young yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and I realized this is a huge gamble to do this, to, to kind of pass along the Sting, um, you know, the Sting moniker. Um, so I had a few, the biggest thing is who's going to play this. Okay. Um, one of the first guys I thought of, uh, and this is kind of what I was bringing up with, uh, I, I thought Fandango may have been, obviously we don't want to tell people he's Fandango. No. Uh, but, but that, you know, he does have the injury history. I didn't even realize he had gotten injured again. I ultimately decided against him because of the age. Uh, because I want someone who can who can portray this character for the next you know fifteen twenty years. Dexter Loomis, you know, but I don't want to take him away from the gimmick he has. Oh, okay, yeah, I got you. Like I, I, I want, I want it to be, you know, someone who's not going to be leaving behind something that's potentially successful just to be a, a remake of another character. I got you. Um, okay. So what I came up with, this guy's my number two. Um, he may even have to be the de facto number one because number one would have to have a lot of things happen for it to work. So my number two for it, and this is the reason we started with The Undertaker beating the shit out of him, EC3. Okay. Um, he, I think he's, he's, he's almost as old as Fandango. He's a few years younger. I think his bump card doesn't have as many punches on it. Right. Um, He's got the size, you know, um, you have him grow out his hair, but like not as an Afro. 
Like, right. <laughs> put some put some leave-in conditioner or something there, you know. But like, you can put the face paint on him. He can play tough. He can play intimidating. Um, I think he's another one that like people like you and I are going to know he's EC3, but the majority of fans probably won't. Um, right. I think he's a good enough worker. Number one is not currently in the WWE. Okay. Um, I thought of this person and I was like, oh my God, he would be the perfect person. When is his contract up with where he is now? So I looked up when his contract was up and it's actually, he's in the negotiating period right now. And I was reading WWE is desperately trying to sign him. Okay. Um, so I was like, oh, this is not as, as long shot as I thought. My number one for this role would be okay. Switchblade Jay White. Oh, okay. Um, so this, this would diverge a little bit based on who, it, who this is. If, if it's EC3, he is Sting, right? Um, right. He, he's going to be the second coming of Sting. He's going to be completely Sting. We're going to call him Sting. He's going to use Sting's moves. If it's Switchblade, he's going to be a spiritual successor to Sting. Um, I, I'd want to keep a lot of the Switchblade look that he has, but maybe okay. give him a variation of the, the face paint to start. Um, and, and eventually, you know, he can, he can drop kind of the Sting aspects of his character as time goes on. He's just there to get the rub from The Undertaker, and the characters are honestly similar enough where I think it could work. Yeah, he comes on with the with the leather jackets and stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, and then at WrestleMania, the Undertaker puts over either the new Sting or Switchblade Jay White. His career is over. Um, I'd honestly, I, I'd want it to. Be, it's so much better if it's Switchblade because I know Switchblade can give him that last, you know, one great match. Um you know, give him that career defining moment, you know, that he wants that, that one last, you know, gift to the business, put over this guy who's going to be a star for the next 15 years. Right. Switch, right. switch plays 24. Like he's got the look, he's got the character, he can play it and, and he's going to be around forever. That's the guy to end it on. Um, EC3, I'd be a little less, he can put on a good match, but just because he's been so kind of out of it, he would be heavily relying on on taking up that sting gimmick. I'm a little shakier with that, but but if we can get Switchblade, that's the way to go. That's our main event. Okay. I like that. Um I I so I and I mean even even when I wrote it down, I put it sting in, in quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> So that would be, that would be kind of the marquee match over, over the entire thing. Um, universal title. I want to start with uh, with the universal title on there. Um, I what I have on here is is Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't think of anyone to, uh, else to put that universal title on. I know that on SmackDown they started te- teasing a feud with the Fiend. I don't, I don't want the Fiend to get wrapped up in the universal title again. Yeah, um, no, you can't. Yeah, not that I don't want him the champion, but he ne- he's a special attraction. 
There's, right. I, I don't see a point of, he needs to be able to mow down um, whoever he's facing and a world title kind of, it's more of an albatross than it is anything else because eventually you have to find a way to take it off of him. And I don't know how you do that without damaging his character. And, you know, we saw what happened the last time they did that. Right. Um, so just because it's so hard to book him to lose, he doesn't need a title. Don't put a title on him. Um, right. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to keep it on Braun Strowman. We're going to bring over um, Brock Lesnar. Um, this, so leading up to this, we're going to have the money in the bank, you know, coming up this next month. Right. Roman Reigns is going to win the money in the bank. Okay. And, you know, Roman Reigns uh, is going to talk about challenging Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for your, I'm, I'm giving away my own challenging the winner of Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman. Uh, obviously I've spoiled it already. Brock Lesnar is going to beat Braun Strowman here. Um, but Roman keeps talking about how he's going to, you know, uh, you know, to, he's going to challenge, you know, whoever, uh, whoever it is on night two, Braun, Braun and Brock are going to wrestle on night one, whoever wins night one, um, you know, Roman's going to come out with that briefcase and he's going to, uh, you know, he's going to take that universal title. So in the course of this, Cesaro starts coming up against Roman and telling him like, you know, you can't do it. You don't have it in you. You've tried beating Brock. You can't beat Brock. No matter how much you try, you can't beat Brock. Your best friend can beat Brock. You know, he walked in and he's beaten Brock how many times? Um, you know, Drew McIntyre can beat Brock. Roman Reigns can't get it done. Um, so Roman decides he's going to prove himself. If he's going to challenge the winner of this universe title match, the least he can do is beat Cesaro at the opening, you know, of night one of WrestleMania so that he's kind of on even, you know, even ground with whoever, you know, whoever wins it. So right. we're going to start off with Roman Reigns versus Cesaro and Cesaro wins. Wow. And Roman, Roman's kind of distraught. He's questioning whether or not he has it in him. So we're going to end night one with Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar is going to beat Braun Strowman. Roman's music hits. And he talks about how he's been second guessing himself all day. Um, you know, since that loss and he's, he's not going to wait. We're doing this right now. So he gets in the ring. He's noticeably got his nerves up. He's looking Brock, you know, in the face, um, you know, Paul Heyman's in the ring with him. Paul Heyman drops to a knee and low blows Brock Lesnar. Reigns blasts him in the head with the briefcase, um, spears him. Brock kicks out of a spear, lines up a Superman punch, hits the Superman punch. Brock stays down. Um, he gets the three count. The reason he stays down to the Superman punch is we're getting rid of the spear. It can, it can be a, you know, it can be like a setup move. It can be a signature move. His finisher is not going to be the spear anymore. We're going to use the, the Superman punch because Roman's a heel now. And that punch is obnoxious as hell. Right. Um, and, and Paul Heyman is going to align himself with Roman Reigns. So, Roman finally gets his win over Brock and it's, it's by 
It's by getting Haman's help. And the justification for Haman is kind of the same thing Cesaro said earlier. Brock's not the same guy he was five years ago. Much like the case with The Undertaker, Father Time is catching up. Brock Lesnar five years ago would not have lost how many times to Seth Rollins. Brock Lesnar five years ago would not have lost to Drew McIntyre. Brock Lesnar was a great cash train, but that train is coming into the station and the future is Roman Reigns. Yeah, yeah I'm in. Um, I'm easily bought into. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, so that's the way we're going to go with the universal title. I mean, I want, I want Roman to be, I want Roman to be obnoxious as a heel. Um, I, I, I kind of picture him like switching over to like the wrestling tights, you know, like the, the small little like underwear tights, you know, right. uh, but still keeping the vest <laughs> just because it gives him the tactical advantage. Um, start start using that vest like D'Lo Brown, right, right. Um, but yeah, no, I I I think I think Roman needs the heel turn. Um, yeah, because you know you know it's like the burrito, you know, <laughs> right. He's the burrito, and it's not working. He's yeah, exactly. Yep. I I think I think this is a way to make the burrito work. Um, for for those of you who aren't picking up on the reference, I, I've said on a previous episode that Roman Reigns is like a burrito. I love Mexican food. I love burritos. But when you tell me the only way I can ingest it by shoving it up my ass, I don't want it. And and that's kind of what WWE is doing. That's what Vince McMahon is doing. He wants you to ingest this burrito, but it has to be the way he wants you to ingest it. Let's Let's serve the burrito up the way people want it. Um, I, I think heel turns, especially for a guy you're going to use as a top guy, heel turns are so vital to a character. Obviously what it did for the rock is the biggest, you know, um, the biggest thing for it. People have called for the John Cena heel turn, but John Cena did do a heel turn early on in his career. It took him from, you know, the guy wearing the pastel shorts to the doctor of thugonomics. And then that was the jumping point for him, for his success. Like, as, as much as we've called for a main event John Cena heel turn, John Cena had the heel turn, and it was the catalyst for his success. It worked right. for The Rock. It worked for Cena. Roman needs this. And, and for, for Cena, I think you'd still have the same problem. Even if you had a complete heel turn, you're going to still get, we love Cena, Cena sucks. Right. You're still going to have that no matter what side of the fence you want him to be on. You know what I mean? And, you know, at this point in his career, I think, I don't even think he needs it anymore. Um, There was definitely a point in time where even though he had that heel turn in the main event scene, it would have benefited him. It would have allowed him to explore new options of the, you know, of the character, but he maintained so long and he's 100% earned the respect of everybody who watches wrestling. Uh, I agree he can continue on and it, and it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. He's peaked. He's, he's, he's seen it. There's nothing you can do to change him at this point. I, um, I think, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I was just going to, I was just reiterating that like Roman's not at that point And that's the one thing he's missing. I agree. I agree. And, and I think that, that maybe this puts to an end trying to get the fans to like Roman Reigns. It's not happening. 
Right. And I yeah. mean, the, the thing is he'll, he'll, you know, come up with new aspects of the character he couldn't do as a face and the crowd will love the fact that he's a heel and they're going to love Paul Heyman and they're going to start to cheer him, but that's okay. You know, um, it, it's it, right now this isn't for the sake of getting the audience to act one way or another towards him it's giving him the freedom to find a character that works right i mean think about this and remind me to come back to something about cena but think okay. about this you had a guy who legitimately went in went for leukemia treatment right right and then you had him fight the guy who probably is disliked the most, maybe, in the WWE, the most obnoxious character they have in uh, Baron Corbin. Yeah. And you still couldn't get him over. <laughs> no. Still couldn't do it. Still the guy legitimately fought leukemia and won, thank God, or, or is winning, we'll say. Not the Charlie Sheen winning. The Roman Wayne's winning. <laughs> you have to be old to remember that reference. But anyway, um, and you had him fight Mr. Obnoxious, um, uh, Baron Corbin, and you still couldn't get him over. You I, Give it up. Go another direction. Yeah. You got to, because he's a talented guy. Definitely, he definitely comes every week to bring it, you know, when he's healthy, right? Yeah. Can you want to jeopardize his family? I get that. I get it. But he legitimately, when things are right, he comes every week, just like Cena did. Cena was there every Monday for years and years and years, right? And he, like you said before, he deserves our respect. Here's Definitely. something that they could have done in that, um, in that Cena thing with the Fiend. What if they had one of the Bella sisters? Do the DX chop. That would have been funny. That would have been funny. Like, screw you. I met somebody. I'm having a baby. You weren't there. And you didn't destroy me. Something like that would have been good. If you that, want to have a heel turn, there it is. Have that, remember that how much he screwed up the Bella system. That right? might be too real of a sting. Well, yeah, but, you know, hey, if anybody could take it, it's Cena. It's Cena. <laughs> Just bring in Alex Riley and go on about how much he ruined his career. Oh, they he, see Cena brought that up in one of his uh, monologues. Oh, they say I ruined so many careers. If you really had it, you would have been back. You know, something he said something like that. I'm paraphrasing, but you're right. Maybe that maybe the Bella sister is too much, but it still would have been funny. It would have been money, yeah. Just chop, just do him the DX chop, like, screw you, you bastard. You know, something. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I I'm forgot not. to mention that before, and I, I just wanted to get it in. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. it. gave my mouth a chance to rest a little. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, so well, while your mouth is resting, let me throw. So are we bringing in, do you see the WWE bringing in any, um, What's the word I want? Uh, humorous characters um, to kind of liven things, light, lighten things up a little bit. You know, do you see that happening? Do you see any of the, you know, I got kids, which by the way, he's the only one 
of the three-man band that hasn't won a belt. That hasn't won, yeah, that hasn't won the big one. Um, it's, it's so crazy to think Jinder is a world champion. Yeah, that was just for the Saudi Arabia thing. We know that. That was just the India thing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it worked. It worked. You know, it, got, it, it worked for a while. And if you look at pictures of him from FCW, and you look at pictures now, either he spent a lot of time in the gym or something's not right somewhere. Anyway, um, but it, it did work with Jinder Mahal. If you, if yeah, they yeah. had to do that. They had to do that. Just like with this, uh, with that other kid, Man Mansoor. Mansoor, yeah. The same thing. He's going to be big one day, but they have to bring him along slowly. You know, honestly, I'm I'm kind of expecting like sooner than later. I'm expecting him to win the WWE Championship in Saudi Arabia, and then for it not to ever be acknowledged once they get back here. <laughs> do we do we agree that it's uh, that it was? Uh, Mustafa Ali that was behind that whole uh, Mandy Rose thing? I can't see it being anyone else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's, that's, that was the kind of the rumor out there. And, you know, they said the truth will be revealed. And I was thinking they can't bring our truth into this because <laughs> he's, a, he's comic relief. You can't do that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, Mustafa. I'm sorry. I got you off your trail. No, 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 no. Oh, you know what belt? I didn't mention the 24-7 belt. I didn't mention that one. Oh, what's you know going why? on with because the 24-7 belt? It's not funny without truth in it. It's, it's, not, not. it's not funny. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah. So, we got, we got kind of the overarching WrestleMania main event down. We've got the, the universal title set. So, the WWE Championship. Um, I love Drew McIntyre as the champion. Um, yep. But I'm going to go a different way. Okay. Uh, at some point, I don't want to take it off Drew at SummerSlam. I want him to have a good run. Survivor Series at the earliest, maybe even stretch it out to the Royal Rumble. But but Seth Rollins is going to take that title off of Drew McIntyre, um, and he's he's going to do it with the help of his, you know, his his cronies, his uh, AOP and Buddy Murphy and those guys. Yeah. Um, we've talked about it before. I want there to be more members. I want him to have 12. Um, like the disciples. Yeah. I want him to be, listen, he's, he's a heel. Bad guys do bad things. I want him to be as sacrilegious as he possibly can doing this. Nice. If you're going to do the character, go all out with it. I think I said this to you and I, I think they kind of danced along this, you know, with the same line of thinking as I had with his WrestleMania entrance. I wanted him to come in on a donkey with like people waving palm leaves. That's, that's how much I wanted him to to really lean into this character. I don't want this to be a half-assed character. Um, you know, I want him to alter his speech patterns. I want him to to speak more lovingly, but but really have this just evil undertone and this condescending, you know, passive aggressive feelings to everyone around him. But but hold together that that image, you know, of a messiah. Um, and I think that's the difference between having like like a good idea and a great idea. Is is the little things like that? The little right, right. You know, the little bits. You know, of the execution. Um, so, Seth Rollins is going to be 
the WWE champion, and he is going to be defending against Edge. Oh, okay. Um, one, I think that's a fantastic matchup. Um, that that's a matchup that I want to see on paper. Um, I think Seth Rollins is one of the best in-ring talents they have. And through this three-year contract that Edge signed, I don't want him in the ring with just anybody because I, I, like, I want them to be very picky about who wrestles Edge because they need to, one, make him look good and, two, keep him safe. And I don't think there's many people who can do that better than Seth Rollins. Mm. Um, and then thirdly, I think it gives Edge a great story. You know, listen, I didn't come back here to, you know, to be in prominent matches and to, you know, I'm not doing this to sign autographs. I'm not doing this, you know, to like, I came back to be the WWE champion. Um, I'm going back out on my terms and, you know, my terms are as a champion, you know, so, so he has something to prove. Um, it's, I think it's a great matchup on paper and, uh, you know, I, I think Rollins is the guy for it. Um, I'm keeping it on Rollins. Okay. Uh, I, I, I don't even want to, I don't even want it to be a, uh, an interference type of thing. I don't want it to be, I want Seth Rollins to beat edge fair and square clean in the middle of the ring um i think i don't want to change rollins finisher at all because i like the curb stomp but the curb stomp one doesn't really fit the character and two it's kind of especially since the fiend brock lesnar it's a it's a move people kick out of right Uh, so I'd like to keep it as a finisher, but I'd almost like to give him a super finisher, something that he doesn't hit every match. He hits it rarely, but when he hits it, it's over. Um, and I think something he can use that fits the character, uh, the crucifix. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the old razor's edge. The razor's edge, yes. yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I think he's strong enough to do it on pretty much anybody. Um, if there's somebody who's big enough where it'd be, you know, an issue, there's always like, you can do it on the ropes, like assisted, you know, you know, he's, right, right. you know, pick Braun Strowman up to the second rope, get your hands underneath his armpits and hit it from there, you know? Right. Um, right. So he can hit it on anybody. Um, he has the strength for it. It fits the character. Um, and it's a high enough impact move where I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think it's, it's going to be, um, you know, a big deal for him to hit it so and we're going to show edge's resilience because edge is going to kick out of the curb stop and then seth is going to debut the crucifix to finally put him away um we're going to give edge a wwe championship before he leaves um but i i really want to put over a young guy right now i really want to put over rollins in this match okay um i mean those are those are kind of the ones i had big stories around Okay. Um, you know, just to kind of, you know, throw out the other ones. A lot of, one of the first matches I came up with, I, I, I didn't write a, an elaborate story for it. Um, I just, I love the look of these two guys and the thought of them fighting on paper makes me really excited and I want to see it. Um, Alistair Black versus Randy Orton. 
Oh, thanks. <clears throat> That's a good night. I, I forgot I was the black didn't even make my card. Wow. Yeah. I forgot I mean, about that one. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, I completely fell, did the same thing about Walter, and I was kicking myself when you said Walter. I was like, how the hell did I not find Walter? Um, I like the Alice the Black Randy Orton match. Yeah, um, that's that's like just that. that's just one to me. Like I, that that's such an intriguing matchup to me. I like that match. I like that match. Um, let's see what else do I have here. Um, this one I didn't write a story for, but I think it's one you would have to write a story for. It's a little Raw versus SmackDown, but that's okay at WrestleMania, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be... I wouldn't do this match at any other pay-per-view. Um, I, I wouldn't even put this on SummerSlam. This is a WrestleMania-only match. It cannot happen any, any other time. Okay. Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend. Drew McIntyre versus The Fiend. Is that what you said? Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I don't, there's a lot of times The Fiend can lose. I think this would be one of the few. Okay. Um, I don't even necessarily know that it, I would book it that way. Both of these guys would have to come out looking strong. I think Drew wins it after a few Claymores. Okay. Um. Let's see what else. You have to, you have to play it so that the, the the fiend still can come back from that. Yeah, the right? fiend. Yeah, the fiend would. Yeah, the fiend would still have to come back with it. And you know, I I talked about it on you know I think when we talked about him losing to Goldberg, it's okay for him to lose, but he has to he has to be changed in that loss. It has right. to it has to you know precipitate you know. Um, character growth for him i don't think he can lose and then you just ignore the fact that he lost and then just keep going on your merry way it has to it has to have some sort of lasting effect and i think that's where i would trigger you know the personality splits like the strong personality splits where maybe he comes out wrestling as bayou bray one day comes out wrestling as husky harris the other day like he's a fractured personality out of this loss right 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 like um, a like a mankind dude love dude love kind of thing but sensible right like less yeah. tongue-in-cheek and more scary right 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 yeah that, that works and he definitely you know he's not the most athletic dude but for a guy his size he is right yeah you know um so yeah i got i'm, I'm with that i'm with that i'm I, I think that anything that can help the character of the fiend i'm in favor of same. Because I just it was, it was the best thing they did for a while, and then they screwed it up. And I'd like to see them kind of redeem that. You know? Yeah. Um, just kind of going rapid fire on the rest of them here. Um, I I put together a match for for Keith Lee too. I did John Cena versus Keith Lee. Okay. Um. So I I did mix in quite a few NXT people here. Uh, the reason being is if WrestleMania is going to a two-night card, we're obviously not having takeovers anymore. I want NXT kind of represented at, right, right. at WrestleMania. The future years, you know, we can we can do straight-up NXT matches, but kind of for, for this one to integrate it, I, I wanted to, you know, to mix it up and give us some matches we wouldn't see otherwise. Um, 
So I've got a, uh, yeah, John Cena versus Keith Lee, uh, AJ Styles versus Velveteen Dream. Nice. Yeah, I think that'd be a fantastic I, match. I, I like that. I like that match. Um, Adam Cole versus Jeff Hardy. I like that. Um, and then just just for the sake of getting him over, and, and I think this could be a key feud for him, um, Tommaso Ciampa versus Triple H. Whoa. Whoa. So you play off the whole thing where, you know, one year has to go and then this is, has to be over. You're, you're feeding off that storyline. and yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I got um, you. You know, Tommaso can blame Triple H for sowing the seeds that broke him and his friend up. You know, we can, we can, you know, um, you know, we can, we can even go back retroactively, and Tommaso can say, like, listen, the night I put Johnny's head through, you know, the set, Triple H told me, like, this is how you need to make your mark. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's a lot we can do with yeah. that. Um, aside from that, I, I've covered most of my matches. Um, do you have any, any females in there? I do. I do. We'll, we'll get, we'll get to that. So, okay. uh, cause that, that's good. That was kind of the last thing I wanted to touch on, but okay. before we, before we get there, I have, uh, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Um, without Lana, please. Yeah. Without Lana. Definitely. All right, thank you. Lana. Well, thank so, you. So this this I would use as the beginning of building up Bobby Lashley into what he should have been from the beginning. That top level, you know, uh, guy on par with Braun Strowman, Brock Lesnar, you know, Drew McIntyre. He he is a big, scary, legit dude, and uh, and we're going to start trading him like that by starting by giving him a win over Goldberg. All right. Do you um, think Goldberg? Do you think Goldberg would buy that? Um, he might, he might not. I mean, I, I don't know. I would have thought before. Yes. But I was actually, uh, I was actually, I don't know how true this is. Cause I was reading it off of dirt sheet, but there's actually a, a story out there that said, uh, at the Saudi Arabia, um, you know, pay-per-view Bray was actually set to go over and then Goldberg lobbied to win that match because he claimed losing to the fiend would hurt his character. And I wanted to throw my phone against the, like against. Oh the my. Yeah. Like I, I, I want to say, I want to believe that that's not true. Um, I, I can't like Goldberg has to know nobody gives a shit about him at this point. <laughs> it's gotta, it's, it's gotta be all about the, the bank account. Not about fans, not about wanting to hear she is. It's about, okay, what can I still put in my account? The, the only thing that makes me think maybe that's true is because I know having him, having his son see him wrestle was a big thing right. for him. Uh, and I could see it like, it would ruin it in my son. I would, it would ruin me in my son's eyes if I lost to the fiend, but like, sorry, dude, you know, the fiend's more important than you are at this point. Right. And, but then you do it, then you can do it the way they did with, uh, with, um, uh, Mysterio's kid, you know, yeah. when they, when they were worried about that with Mysterio's kid, what did they do? Anybody Put him in Mysterio was going to lose to got to know line. the guy, right? <laughs> you know, so it was almost like Uncle Eddie, you know, kind of thing. Not, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. 
there were ways around that. Uh, you know, yeah, I, you know, you know. <sighs> I'm thinking about like how good of a program would it have been for Bill Goldberg and the fiend? If we got vignettes with like Bill Goldberg's son completely enamored and invested in the firefly fun house. Oh, that would have been good. You know, that like he can, he can even bring him in the fun house and you know, like, like, you know, his, his son's like waving to Bill, like, hi, dad, with Bray, like behind him with that evil scour just glaring at, oh, could have been so good. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have played well. Oh, oh. That, yeah, that would have played well. Let's, oh. um, so to, to answer your question about the women, I had three different women's matches listed right. here. Um, I had uh, Charlotte versus Bianca Belair for the NXT right. title. Well, we agreed on that one. We did, yes. That uh, was I an had, obvious one, but we still agreed on it. <laughs> I had Becky versus Rhea Ripley for the okay. Raw title. All right. And I had Ember Moon versus Naomi for the SmackDown women's title. I forgot about, I forgot about those two. Those two didn't make it. So <laughs> you're, com- you're completely off of uh, Shayna Baszler. Uh, yeah, I'm completely off of Shayna Baszler. So, so at one point, I had those as three different matches. Uh-oh. Yeah. And I, I realized, like, I would like to see Ember Moon versus Naomi, you know. But I'm just, I'm going through and, like, on the SmackDown side of things, like, I think Charlotte versus Bianca is huge. I think Becky versus Rhea is huge. But on SmackDown, there's just it feels like there's no WrestleMania worthy matchups for the SmackDown women's title. And like I said before, I want to get to the point where I am just going to unify every title. So each division has one champion who travels and I decided, you know what? Fuck it. That's what we're doing with the women's title. I put them in all one match, um, all three titles on the line. Winner walks out as the undisputed women's champion. Um, and I'm going to have Ember Moon do it. Wow. Putting the strap on Ember Moon. I'm putting All the right. strap on Ember Moon. I think, I think she definitely, yeah, she's, she's kind of like Seth Rollins in that I really like the character she has, but I don't think she's executing it well. Like right. she's got this weird, like, moon goddess werewolf druid gimmick going on right she comes down to the ring with this giant happy smile on her face and right right i feel like somebody needs to be like no that's not the character you're portraying portray the character that you're putting forward right um, but i think if she could do that she would be huge i, I agree i think that that the contact lenses that she puts in with the eyes um I, that whole wolf thing, I'm I'm with that. I I am I'm with you. I she, think she could I think she could carry it. She just needs to learn to play the gimmick. Right. Or maybe maybe a little self confidence, I think, you know? Um, um anyway, yeah. So I think I think yeah, that would be that would be my WrestleMania. We're unifying the women's title there. And I think I would spend the next year unifying the rest of the titles. Um, you know, and UK ones too. Just just throw them all in. Um, one champion travels between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and NXT UK. Um, I got gotcha. you. 
because I, yeah, I think we really need to make these titles feel prestigious. I'd, I'd merge, you know, the intercontinental belt into the universal mid card. I'd keep the U S but I'd make it the women's U S like that'd be a oh, okay. mid card for the women's title. Um, but yeah. And I think, uh, I think at WrestleMania 38 is when we'd pull the trigger on the men and just do a, a one night tournament. Winner like a king out. in a ring, but for the belts. Right. Almost like yeah. the WrestleMania four tournament. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That was good. You know, every every champion gets a first round bye, but uh, but yeah, I I think that's that's what I do. I think I think you could do it too. So part of the reason I decided against it for this one is because that would have taken up everything, um, and I really wanted to do that Sting versus the Undertaker because. Right. You, Put the title unification off a year, but you cannot put off the Undertaker retiring another year. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm with that. I, I, initially, I cringed over the idea of uh, the Undertaker and Sting. I really did. I cringed. I, I, I know. I knew I had a tough sell there. When you, when you told me the story, it, it kind of works for me. It kind of, yeah. you know, it, it does. It kind of works for me. Um, I was thinking, you know, yeah, it, it works for me. <laughs> and I, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him hurt. I don't want to see him get himself hurt. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't. I don't know what Sting's physical condition is. No idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I would hope that Sting would be able to carry him or however, however that, that goes. Um, so that nobody gets hurt in that, that, that would be my main concern. Um, and I know I'm not supposed to think of it that way, but I do. I you no, know, same. And, and that's, that's the thing, you know, I, I think the WWE has been criminal in not giving us any sort of sting versus the undertaker interaction. Um, yeah. you know, like, I, I don't know. I like, um, you know, Melvin and I were going over WrestleMania night one. And one of the things, you know, we were talking about that and how criminal it is though. Those two haven't even acknowledged each other. And yeah. I think, I think one of the coolest things they could have done in that boneyard match was, uh, that moment where like gallows and Anderson knocked the walls down and all the Druids came out and surrounded the undertaker instead right. of the undertaker, just beating the shit out of all those guys. Like what if they surrounded him? We heard a crow call and like stings on top of the roof jumps down, kind of nods at the undertaker and takes out the Druids with a bat. So that undertaker oh, can focus on the other guys. How outstanding would that have been? That I think been so great. too. Yeah. That would have been great. Wow. I, that's that's really good. I like it. I like it. Yeah, just just uh, he he's surrounded by the druids, and then you know you hit a, a crow with the bat. That's outstanding. That's outstanding. That would have been good. The, the obviously the crow, the crow thing, not the uh, not the uh, the ultimate warriors thing. You're right. Um, yeah, that would work. That would have been. That would have would have added a little bit of. Uh, Next year's WrestleMania to the mix, you know, it would have set up your your storyline really well. So, know? so here here's the icing on my storyline. I probably okay. should have mentioned this before, and I'm glad we're talking about this now because I would not have wanted to end. Like if I if I didn't remember this, I would have kicked myself immediately after. Um, so if we if we can get Jay White, um, 
if we can get Jay White, Jay White beats The Undertaker, right? And yep. uh, and Sting comes in to, you know, congratulate, you know, his protege for doing it. He raises his arm. Jay White pulls him in, hits a Blade Runner on Sting because we're not running with a face, Jay White. Right. What? What? All right. Let me let me let me add something in here, brother. Let me let me let me talk about that. What if that happened, right? Jay White beats The Undertaker, okay? Yeah. Sting comes in. Let's say maybe they they delay it a little bit. They they beat him a little extra. Let's just say. Okay. What if Damian Priest comes out kind of like The Undertaker? You know, I thought of that. And and not not specifically with Damian Priest, but I thought of I thought of passing along the Undertaker, and I just I couldn't do it. I could I could justify it with Sting. I can't justify it with the Undertaker. I think that character needs to die with him. Because when he was Vampire Rodriguez or whatever he was, I yeah, Punisher Martinez. That's Punisher Martinez. That's it. Um, that's who it reminded me of. I think it was supposed to. You know, he definitely of. did have like Undertaker vibes there. And he still comes out with the leather pants, uh, Damien Priest. Yeah. Now he's got this arrow thing that he's doing. I mean, he ha- we haven't seen him in a, in a minute now with the corona thing. But just an idea, you know, throw, you know, maybe just as, not as, uh, not like Damien Priest is going to run with The Undertaker, but just that, an acknowledgement, hey, you had a, you had a really impact on my career. And I didn't want to see you. I didn't want to see him continue to beat you up. Whatever, however you wanted to play that. Just, yeah, just maybe have, like coming, coming to his. Coming yeah, to kind but of not thing. like the Undertaker, Damian Priest. You know, okay, not, not like that. Definitely then. Yeah, I didn't want to hear a dong, and then Damian Priest comes. Okay, out. yeah, yeah, because yeah, no, that, that's what that. I was trying to avoid. But yeah, no, no, no yeah. I, I like that. I like, I like Damian Priest getting like the face rub, where Jay, Jay White takes the heel rub. Yeah, right. That, there you go. I mean, and you could have it that way if you had – you didn't even have to have Sting involved in that. But, you know, Sting comes in, congratulates uh, Jay White, and then leaves the ring. But as he's leaving the ring, Jay White goes back and starts stomping on The Undertaker, let's just say. And then Damian Priest comes in. You know, maybe you see the arrow. Maybe you see a fire line or something. I don't know. Yeah. And then Damian Priest comes running out, not to not to be the Undertaker, but to set up maybe a storyline with Jay. Excuse me, Jay White. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I I think uh, I think you got to run with Jay White at that point. Like he's got to be the guy. As as the villain, as the heel. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that works. I think you gotta. I think you gotta give him the WWE title sooner than later. I think, I think that that would be a yeah. You would have to do that. You can't bring him in and not put the belt on him because then it's Kenny Omega all over again. Right. You know? um, and I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to see that. The guy's got a an indie following, whatever you want to call it. That's beastly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't. You can't leave him hanging. You got to put a belt on him because what that does is that lets the WWE fans get to know him, those who didn't. You know what I mean? 
exactly develop yeah. that character. So and and WWE has to alter its booking. Um, there there's a reason that AEW exists, you know, and it's because there were a lot of guys who saw. You know, what happens when you go work for Vince after you've been successful somewhere else? He gets to bury you and do whatever he wants with you because you have no other choice. Like, aside from AJ Styles, there really hasn't been anybody who's been treated all that well um, who's come from the outside. Um, Outside of NXT, obviously. Right, 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 right. Um, So, I mean, AEW exists because WWE missed books. I, right. I think I it's it's, it's safe to say, and I think if WWE wants to keep signing people, um, they have a whole plethora of talent in NXT. But the thing is, like those guys are with the revival; those guys are already heading out the door because once Vince gets their hands on them, you know, it, their careers go down the toilet. Right. right. Um, so I think I think if you're going to bring in a guy like Jay White, you have to set a precedent that, like, listen, like. We are going to acknowledge who you are. We are going to acknowledge the fans that you're bringing with you. And we're going to book you to your level, not, you know, spite you for a year and a half and make you pay your dues. Right, 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 right. Yeah, because eventually some of those, maybe some of those uh, AEW guys, their contracts are going to run out. And they're going to be wondering, well, you know, what do I do now? You know, like Orange Cassidy, just as an example. Yeah. Uh, MJF, just as an example, again, you know, are they going to are they going to re up with AEW? Well, one of the ways Vince could help his own cause is by doing what you said. Listen, I brought in Jay White, I brought in this one, that one, and the other one, and they had runs, and they we developed their character. You know, they didn't sit in the background because if I, you know, if one guy I feel bad about is is uh, EC3. EC3, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he thought he was going to be pushed to the front when he came over. And he should have been. I mean, there's there's cobwebs growing on that fellow now. Holy cow. Um, And and there's a reason I would go with him if if, if Jay White didn't pan through, yeah. I got you. I got it. And I could see that. And people would kind of know who that is, but not really, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I I can definitely uh definitely get with that. I can yeah. I think we did a good job with this, Jay. I think so too. Well I'm I think we did I think we did a good job with this. And just anybody who's a crossover fan, a WWE uh crossover fan with the NFL, I believe I can make the announcement now that Jake and I are gonna be doing a pre draft special. Yes, we are. And we're we're looking forward to that. I know I am. I'm ready for you, Jake. Same. I'm ready for you. I cannot Sleeper wait. Sleeper picks. Sleeper picks. I'm going to draft Ryan Leaf. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I'm going to draft Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell back to back. Back to back. Scooby Wright, number one overall. <laughs> Scooby Wright. <laughs> and they're both going to the Dolphins, by the way. Just saying. Um. And I'm going to have uh, the, the guys whose name you can say, but I can't. Um, come on, say it. Tua Tungavaloa. That's the one. You know where he's going? Where's New he England. going? New England, just to screw with you. <laughs> New England. New England. <laughs> I like it. If he lasts to New England, there's a, there's a conspiracy there. Um, 
unless the Patriots trade up, which is possible. I think Jordan Love is going to wind up in New England. I think that's I, a good fit for him. I but think anyway, it's going to. You know, I won't say who it's going to be because we'll we'll get into it on on the pre. But uh, I I think there's I think there's a very real, very under the radar quarterback who's going to get picked up by New England. You have? Does he have Georgia on his mind? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward to that, uh, Jake. I really am. As Thank this, you. you know, just to just to say, you know, I. I really appreciate doing these things because it gives me something to do. We all have issues going on with the Corona thing, isolation and stuff. So I appreciate uh, being able to spend some time with you doing, doing this thing. And I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. Yeah, dude. Thank you. This has been, this is, it's been great having you on here. Um, You've been a good fit on here and, and it's, it's, it's been so much fun talking to you about this stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next one. (laughs) Looking forward to the next one. All right. So tune in. Yeah, we'll be doing, uh, we'll be doing the draft as a, uh, as a bonus episode uh, for all you guys next week. And less uh, than two weeks away, less than two weeks, less than two weeks away. The countdown to millionaires, what I call it. The (laughs) countdown to millionaires. All right. Uh, Anyway, let's uh, let's wrap this one up, Bubba. All right. All right. Have, have a good one until you, Cats and kittens out there.